ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The cottage that Anterica rented from the Duprees was every writer's dream. Mr. and Mrs. Dupree were prominent members of their community, along with being the town's mayor and OBGYN, respectively, but under those masks were secrets that were bound to send them to jail forever. While Anterica is excited to be living in New York, her cousin informs her that the Duprees are not who they say they are and that she is in danger. Anterica doesn't believe her cousin until strange things start happening on and off the Dupree's estate. When Anterica gears up to leave, the Dupree's remind her of the agreement that she signed. She learns fairly quickly that she sh- that she should <laughs> that she should have read that she should have read the agreement line for line. Oh my God! Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophiles Bookcase. I am your host, Erica the Bibliophile, and today we are talking about Bianca Xavier's The Deadly Menage. So let's get into it while I open up my uh, drink. So, this was a really good book, a really good story, and let's just hop right into it. I do want to say, I could see this being a movie. Like, this was really good. It's different from any other book that she's written. I think she's she said that this was her first thriller, and it was really good. I could see this being turned into a movie script and being good. So, we have... Anterica Winters, who is a 21-year-old college student who wants to travel to New York City, to the Hamptons specifically, for inspiration for a erotic novel that she wants to write. Um, and her parents, more specifically her father, um, is going to foot the bill for the trip, so she has to convince him to pay for it. And, you know, he's like, I'll think about it. But the more he thinks about it, he's like, you know, I'm I'm not doing this because you don't know these people. And I don't understand why you want to go stay with people that you do not know by yourself. Like, no, I'm just not with that. And so she goes on her own anyway and emails Mr. Dupree, who is... um the guy that she's renting from and her dad like before she boards the plane sends her a message and tells her you know like I don't want there to be any bad blood between us you're my daughter I'm just looking out for you and you know so basically giving her his blessing after the fact and saying you know like I better be able to see your face you better face on me every day because the second I don't see you I'm coming up there. I don't want you to call me. I don't want no text messages. I want to see your face and hear your voice. And so when she gets there, the couple that she's running from, Mr. and Mrs. Dupree, um, 
Lamont and Savannah. Now, Lamont is the mayor of New York and Savannah is a doctor. She's a OBGYN. So she meets Mr. Dupree first because he's the one who picks her up from the airport and he has documents for her to sign. And she doesn't read them. Like she just flips to the very last page and starts to sign it. And he tells her, you know, I would look that over before I just start signing. And she's like, oh, I read it when you emailed it to me. And it's like, girl, you don't know what's in these papers. You don't know what they could have rewritten. Just trying to have you sign it. And you're just going for it. But she just signs it anyway. He just like, all right. Like, I ain't going to argue with you either. Like, if you dumb enough to just sign some papers that somebody give you, then, yeah, I'm just going to let you sign them. Um, so when she gets there, <clears throat> excuse me, she meets up with her cousin like a couple of days later. And her cousin, like, as soon as they see each other and embrace, um, her cousin yanks her into the bathroom. Her name is Kira. And Kira is constantly letting the hand blow dryer run so she could talk to her cousin because she believes that um they have eyes and ears everywhere so they could be bugged and they could hear their conversation and she warns her cousin that she had a best friend who stayed with them uh the duprees and she came up missing she was having an affair with lamont she got pregnant and she came up missing so she's like you need to get out of that house right now do not go back you need to get out and as Erica just believes that her cousin is crazy doesn't listen to her and goes back to the house and I'm I'm a little iffy about it because I'm trying to think like if I was in that situation in real life if I have a family member who I know to be sane any other time like if she ain't never showed no traits of being crazy and just going off the handle if she told you something like that why would you not believe her? So I would think I'd be like, you know what? I thought I wanted to stay here, but I actually don't. But then also, girl, you sign them papers. You don't know what's in the papers. Um, but she blows her cousin off like she's crazy. Whatever. So I think it's like day two of her staying at the house. And Mr. Dupree tells her that they're having like an event later and that she should come. And she's like, ah. I wasn't really trying to get mixed up with y'all like that. Like, you know, I kind of just wanted to rent the house and like do my own thing. But he convinces her to come and uh, gives her a glam squad. She has a diamond necklace that he gifted to her and I think a bracelet as well. So it's just like, eh, okay. And later on that night, Mrs. Dupree comes to the cottage to kick in with her, get to know her better. They playing Connect Four and just talking, and that turns into something more because Mrs. Dupree tells her, you know, let's take it up a notch, and for every game the other person wins, the other person has to take off their clothes. So it's like if Mrs. Dupree wins, Antarica has to take off a piece of clothing, and you know, vice versa, and that leads to sex between the two. And this is not Antarica's first time. Because, you know, she dibble and dabbles in both ponds. So she, you know, it's whatever. Now, the creepy part is that Lamont is watching this. Lamont and Cannon. And Cannon is a guy, like, she met out on the water who claims to just be there with his parents and just on a little vacay. Um, 
<clears throat> but he's low-key working for Lamont. And I was just, I found it so weird. I'm just like, you watching your wife have sex with somebody else? And his feelings got hurt when uh, Karen was like, you know, she was really into it. And Lamont was like, no, nah, my wife's a good faker. Your wife wasn't faking, nigga. Your feelings was just hurt. And so Chad, who is the driver, informs Lamont that while Antarica was meeting up with her cousin, there is like a glitch in the audio where you don't hear anything because she had that blow dryer running. So it's just like that dead air. You don't know what the conversation was about. You don't know anything. And of course that leads him to think like she's still talking about her friend. So he go pays uh, Kira's father a visit. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but um, the father, Chief Winters, he's the chief of police. So Lamont takes Chad and Cannon and busts into Chief Winter's room and is like, why is your daughter still running her mouth? There's no reason she should still be talking about her friend because her friend is not coming back. And I told you that you need to shut her mouth. But if you need an incentive, here you go. And he nods for Cannon to kill the wife. And he does. He shoots her right in the head. And now his wife is dead. And of course, like Chief Winters is upset about it. But there's really nothing he can do because he's in Lamont's pocket. And basically, he can wind up dead, too. So, of course, you know, this becomes news that the fact that Chiefs Winter's wife is found dead in their home, you know, shot in the head. So, um... And Terrica's parents are coming up as well as her boyfriend. You know, he calls her and tells her, I'm coming up there. I'm going to send you some money, book us a room. Because I'm going to be there for you, baby. Ain't no way I'm going to let you go through this by yourself. And so Lamont is driving Terrica to um, her uncle's house. And as soon as they get there, Kira is wild. And she's like, murderer. And attacks Lamont, and and Terrica gets in front of her, telling her, you know, Kira, stop it. And it's just like, and Lamont tells her, I'd listen to your cousin if I were you. And it's just like, how you gonna jump in front of me to protect this man, telling me to stop it? Like, girl, I know for a fact that he either killed my best friend or he sent her off. And now my mama is dead because I won't stop talking about it. And so because the news crew is there and they're like pointing their cameras at them because, you know, Kira is wilding. Like she is loud. And so they're trying to get all of what's going on on camera. But Kira approaches them and stands right in front of the camera and says, hello. My name is Kira Winters. My dad is chief of police Winters. My mom was just murdered. But not long ago, my best friend, Corsia? Corsica? Let's go with Corsica. Corsica Blue went missing while she was pregnant by Lamont. Lamont Dupree is the reason she's missing. I'm saying this because if anything ever happens to me or my cousin, who's currently staying at his house, he did it. This whole stupid town knows what kind of stuff that he's into and everyone turns a blind eye to it because he's the mayor. It has to stop. And I'm just like, she's better than me because I wouldn't include a Terrica in shit. Because it's like, bitch, I've warned you not. I've warned you. I was going to say not once, but twice, but I think it was only once. 
I warned you and you still trying to protect them and look at me like I'm crazy. So just let it be known. If any, if I come up missing, he did it. And that's all y'all need to know. And, and Terrica's like looking at him to give any sign that this could be true. But it's like, if the nigga really did it, do you think he'd tell you that he did it? But anyway, the family is there to console Kira and her dad. And Kira like wants to see her mom, but they won't let her. And like, they wouldn't even let him see the body. So, but he, like the dad snaps at her like, damn it, Kira, for once in your life, can you just listen to me? They won't even let me see her. It's a crime scene. Let it, basically let it go. And she runs out the house because it just, it don't sound right. Because it's like, why would they not let you see the body? And um, he's saying like one knows, like the the security system didn't work or he doesn't have one. And uh, and Tampa's there like, I bought him one. So I know he should have, like it, the story ain't adding up, but there's nothing that they could do about it. So when it's time for the funeral, Lamont and Savannah show up and I'm still trying to understand why. Cause I'm just like, fam, ain't no way. Like, why are y'all here? And Kira, I don't blame her. Like, I seriously do not blame her. Kira blocked uh, Enterica from everything. Like her phone, I think social media, like you won't believe me and you defending this, uh, family so girl I'm good on you so this is the story that Lamont tells her Corsica was supposed to be me and my wife's surrogate my wife fell in love with her spirit and she was smart as hell she was going to be a doctor she wanted to be an OBGYN like my wife we planned for her to be our surrogate everything was smooth for a second but then she just switched up when she was about six months pregnant she told my wife that she didn't think she wanted to give up the baby. After she felt the baby kick, she wanted to keep the baby for herself. And it's like, first, she just switched. When niggas say shit like she just switched up, like, nah, what? Well, it's more to this story. And what is it? And so, and Terrica asked her what? She just ran off with the baby? That's what you're saying? And he says, not exactly. We kind of had a thing. She was our girlfriend, if that makes sense. My wife wanted a baby and I wanted to give it to her. So we kind of planned to get her pregnant. So that was the thing. Like they all have sex together and, you know, he's having sex with her unprotected so she can get pregnant. And then when she gets pregnant, um, the baby will be theirs. And they raise it as a family. But he's just like, that still doesn't make sense because what happens after that? But anyway, um, this is when he's like, after, this is why I call Enterica stupid. Because it's like, while reading this, like, girl, after you hear a story like that, why would you engage with this man? Because this is where the flirt starts. And then they have sex. It's like... And he tells her, like, 
because Anterica, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Because Anterica brings up Savannah, and he's like, well, Savannah's not here, but she's just as attracted to you as I am. She just uh, doesn't want to make the first move, but I will. You know, not letting on to the fact that he not already seen them have sex together. So she has sex with him. So now she can have sex with the wife first and now she's having sex with him. And it's just, ugh. I just, I don't know. Cause it's like, it's, it, ugh, it's too many stories. It's just like, girl, you know what I find? It's weird. But I guess not. Like when you oblivious to shit and just don't want to believe it, then here we go. And so her boyfriend, I'm just like, well, what about your boyfriend? So you have sex with this man and then you up at the funeral crying while sitting, while your boyfriend is sitting behind you, you know, trying to reassure you and all that type of stuff. So, um, the, the, her uncle, cause I keep wanting to say the dad, Chief Winters, that's what I'm gonna call him, Chief Winters, um, they've cleaned up the house but he's just not ready to go back. He hasn't gotten a new carpet. So she's like, I cannot be in that house right now. And Savannah and Lamont show up. Um, and she's just like, what What are y'all doing here? Who comes? To... But he's coming to quote unquote show his support. Because I'm just completely, I'm just like, you, you didn't know that lady like that. Like, what are y'all doing here? But anyway, and so, so, you know, the whole family, like, looking like, who is this? And Kira is over it, honey, but she, all she does is slam her fist on the table and get up and walk out. Like, the chief follows her, but it's, mm, I'll be cussing him out. I'm like, what you following me for? Because you already know how I feel about this, man. I really don't want to talk about it. And there's nothing that you can say to me. So you shouldn't even follow me. Go back in there. And, you know, kiss his ass some more, but you can leave me the hell alone. And so, when it's time to introduce everybody, Kira, like, Kira, Lord have mercy, and Terica, like, she kind of trips up on introducing her boyfriend. She's like, you know, here's my mom, Brenda, my dad, Amos, my friends, Jessica, Ryan, Tia. And then it's like, my mama, my mama, my mama said, my boyfriend Javon and it's like excuse me I'm like girl what and so Lamont invites the family over to dinner at their house before they leave and then later on because they're at the hotel like they're uh all sitting around together at the hotel now her friends go outside because one of them is like a smoker and they already know like girl we know you sleeping with that man y'all couldn't have made it more obvious and while she she laid up in the hotel with her boyfriend and it's like two o'clock in the morning and she getting a text from Lamont telling her to come downstairs because he wants to see her and she's like I'm with my boyfriend right now like no and he's like that don't have shit to do with me come outside or I will come up and knock on the door and she's <laughs> this is her to me because she really thought like she had pulled his whole car like and where's Savannah while you out looking for me 
He's like, don't even worry about it. I'm coming up. You don't know the floor or the room number. Flow seven, rooms uh, seven, five, six. And she's like, and I'm like, girl, it's really his city, though. Like, that part, I wasn't shocked at. It's like, it's his city. Why do you think he would not know that information or would not be able to get that information? And so she, like, rushes out to meet him. And he's on the elevator. So they meet each other at the elevator. And she's like, I can't believe you're trying to uh, blackmail me. And he says, maybe I don't know the definition of blackmail, but I'm sure that's not it. And she's basically he's there to have sex with her, even though she does not want to. But technically, it's in her contract that she signed that he can do whatever he wants to do to her. Um, and there's nothing that she can do about it. And it's like, damn, that's really fucked up. Um, but then Savannah shows up. And it's like, now they're all happy. Okay, and so the next morning, because I had got cut off track, um, Lamont hits her up again. And it's like, you know, I need to see you right now. Like, basically pulling the same old thing. And once again, she tries to refuse and Javon gets some links sent to his phone, but, you know, he can't see it. It's distorted. And he basically tells her, you know, the links that were sent to your boyfriend's phone will go live if you do not come down to my car right now. So she hops up and runs to his car and once again is yelling about being blackmailed. But it's like, technically, you have not been blackmailed. He's like, it's not my fault you don't read things that you sign so it's basically like in the contract that you have to do whatever they say and she's like I would never agree to anything like that and he's just like once again it's in the contract and he forced I'm calling it rape it is that's exactly what it is this is a rape scene so he rapes her and then when he's done which Chad, you trifling bitch. Like you sitting in the car like you sitting in the front part of the car and you watching this. Cause at one point she locks eyes with Chad and he's looking dead at her. So it's just like you sitting bastard or do you get off on this? And he has to. Um because there's not, I don't I'm sorry. I, I just feel like people are not forced to like to watch a rape I don't care how much somebody is paying you like what they could do to you there's no even if I have to die I will die before I just sit and be complacent and watching somebody getting raped like I'm not doing it but anyway when when it's over and you know she tries to rush out the car the doors are locked so Chad has to unlock the door to let her out but Lamont hands her a brown envelope and inside is the contract. So she's looking it over. And here's part of it. If Lisi agrees to get into a relationship with Lisa or Lisa or Lisa's like with the S in parentheses, meaning both of them, then Lisi is bound by rules of but not limited to sex whenever Lisa's want, whether together or separate. Lee C is not allowed to say no unless Lee C is physically sick. Agrees that if Lee Sir gets Lee C pregnant, she will, which is in bold and capital letters, 
terminated, consent to be recorded naked. And that was the thing, because she had a she. Lamont had sent her two pictures, one of her going down on Savannah and then one of her going down on him to her phone. So that um, when she got in the car, like while she was yelling about being blackmailed, she also said, you know, you took pictures of me without my consent. And it's just like, once again, girl, you did not read the contract because all of this is in the contract and you signed it. And another part of the contract is... If Lisi wishes to terminate this contract once it's signed, she has three days to speak to leasers. After three days, Lisi must have a sit-down conversation with leasers. So both parties, why am I saying it like that? Can discuss solutions. If sit-down discussion doesn't yield results that both parties agree with, Lisi and leasers must agree on a number that Lisi will pay to be released from the agreement. So, you know, of course, all of this is news to her and she can't wrap her mind around it. So, um, and by the time she makes it back uh, to the hotel, Javon done got himself something to eat and he ordered for her too. It's just like, girl, you took too long and I just couldn't do it. And he's like, you know, it's cool because she tries to apologize and say, you know, we still could go out. He's like, nah. Being a sweet boyfriend, it's like, I know you're going through stuff with your mom, and so I ordered you something, just come sit down with me. And so it's the last day of her parents and friends being in town, and they're leaving. But Javon is going to stay a few extra, oh, excuse me, child, a few extra days, and she's, like, really happy about that. So what was supposed to be a few extra days, and Terika actually extended Javon stay for a week at the hotel so she could stay with him because she just was not ready to go back to that house with the degrees and it's like can you blame her but she has started taking up acting classes honey and um one day when she's leaving her class Chad is outside with the door open telling her you know I've been instructed to take you back and I was also, oh, excuse me, I was also told to chase you if you run, and my good sis does take off running, because it's like, okay, well, you just gonna have to catch me then, because, bitch, I'm not going back there, I do not want to face them people, I don't want to talk to them, I have no words for them, and my god, my god, um, she went to go see a lawyer, you know, she took the contract to him, because she, she needs some help. So she's like, you know, can, what can I do with this? And the lawyer basically tells her, you know, like the contract is valid. There's no proof of the rape. So there's literally like nothing that can be done. She's kind of stuck. So she snatches up the contract and tries to leave. And when she heads uh, to the front door, um, Chad is there. Oh, no, Chad, I forgot. Wait a minute. When he was chasing her before she got to the lawyer's office, like, my good sis ran out into traffic um, and, like, almost got hit by a car and she, like, tumbles across the hood of the car before making it, like, to the other side of the street and she runs to the lawyer's office. Then she talks to the lawyer, 
you know, they have that conversation where she snatches up the contract to leave because there's basically nothing that the lawyer can or will do for her. And Chad is outside the door waiting on her. So she heads to the back door. And when she opens that door, she sees another black man. And so she knows that, of course, that ain't nobody but Lamont and his people and they waiting for me there too. So she makes it up to the roof, honey, and it's like running and she sees another roof and it's like a four foot jump. So she's mapping it out in her head. It's not that far. So she makes that jump and her foot get her foot gets caught and she lands like on her back and hits her head. But because, you know, it's adrenaline at this point and it's like uh, you either got to sink or swim and my good sis is determined to survive. So she's running and then to the next roof, which is only like a two foot jump. And when she makes it there, is he, it, uh, she makes the pain worse in her foot. And I, she got on white gym shoes that, uh, I think it's her right foot. It's turning red. Like that white shoe is turning red. That's how much blood is in there. And she makes it to the entrance, like inside the building, down the steps, whatever. And she's inside of a clinic and she has just enough energy to ask for help before she passes out. Now, when she comes to, she sees that her foot is wrapped up and there's a nurse in there like messing with, uh, the fluid bag and she's like oh good you're awake and and Terika's like you know do you have a phone I need to call and she's like Mr. Dupree him and his wife is in there next door and she's like no girl that's not who I need to call I need some help and of course I don't know what it is about when people wake up from the hospital and they tell you like I need help such and such is happening nurses and doctors just automatically assume it's the medication or like they basically just lying. And so they give her some medication and knock her right back out. And when she wakes up, Lamont is there um, telling her, you know, oh, I can't wait to get you home and get you doctored up. Um, and we're going to take care of you. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. And he's like, we already know that you can't tell me no. So she's like, I want to have this sit down that uh, y'all claim that we have to have. So let's get into it. Um, and so when they have to sit down, they cannot come to an agreement. So because they couldn't come to an agreement at their meeting before the meeting, Lamont pulls out some pictures of her parents sleeping with her friend Tia's parents. And her dad is actually a pastor, uh, Tia's parents. So he's like, you know... How would the con- congregation feel to know that their pastor is a swinger? So she's like, you know, what do you want from me? And, you know, why do you, why are you following my parents? And he's like, I knew I would have to have something, like some type of leverage over you because you wouldn't cooperate. So, of course, she continues on staying there. And now they're on Lamont's yacht celebrating the fact that he won uh being mayor again i'm assuming because he was already the mayor so it's a celebration so savannah is drinking and flirting with javon while lamont um 
it's kind of by her side watching her every move. So she's not saying too much, doing too much, because she knows that he's following her and watching everything that she does. So she goes over to Javon and is just like, you know, I'm so happy you're here. I should have stayed home with you instead of coming here because he was also against it. Like, you know, usually we spend our summers together and you want to go to New York. Like, why you want to do that? But he's like, you know, I wanted you to stay home too. But, you know, you said you was having a good time. Um, You got to meet with an editor because that was another thing that they um, offered to her to get her a meeting, like with this big time editor and she has her acting classes. So he's like, you know, things are great for you and I'm here now. But, you know, she's just really sad and she has tears in her eyes. So he's getting pissed off because he's like, is he hurting you? And he said it like kind of loud. So people are looking at them like, the hell going on? So Lamont texts her and is like, you know, I wouldn't say too much to your boyfriend. Give me a reason to get rid of him. And makes her meet him in one of the bathrooms, like somewhere on this big ass yacht. So when she goes to the bathroom of course he's just there to have sex with her and when they're done having sex you hear somebody yelling outside the bathroom and it's Javon and Savannah like he bursts into the bathroom he's like I knew it and he goes after Lamont and Lamont stabs him in the stomach with a knife so Javon is dead and and Terrica like she had to watch that because she ran to him and tried to stop the bleeding and got like blood all over herself. So they forced her to take a shower and they got rid of his body. So, you know, after that, after losing her boyfriend, Savannah don't give, I mean, Savannah, Lord. And Terrica don't give a fuck about nothing. She like, y'all can do whatever y'all want. It's whatever. I watched you kill my boyfriend in front of me. I don't give a fuck about nothing. And so now, because that happened, Lamont is ready to ship her off. Where it seemed like he was almost obsessed with her and wasn't going to send her off after that and her being like defiant he's ready to get rid of her but um she hasn't been eating she hasn't taken a shower like since that happened she's just been in her room in the bed like the only time she moves is to go to the bathroom and then she climbs right back in the bed so Lamont tells Savannah like you know Take her to your office, get her checked out, make sure she's ready to go and get her shipped out. And she's like, you, I guess now that it happened right in front of Savannah as well, she feels away because she tells him like, you know, you didn't have to do that. Um, and, you know, it was never supposed to go this far. And he's like, man, if you don't shut your ass up and, uh, just do what I tell you to do, basically. And so inside this hospital room, and ter- all she can think about is Javon, like seeing Javon's face and um, Savannah's medical assistant is like trying to grab her arm, but she snatches away from her. And the medical assistant has the nerve to tell her, that's probably why your eyes swollen and black now, because you don't listen. And and Terrica's like, you went on this too, ain't you? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they are such a good family, but the mayor is going to hear about your uh, 
about your behavior. And it's just like, girl, this is this is disgusting. And while she's in the room, like Savannah starts filling up on her and gets her head. It's like, girl, you're supposed to be giving her a physical. You are so disgusting. But anyway, these two heifers uh, have sex with each other in this hospital. And she gives her a test and lets her know that she's pregnant. She's like, Antarica, let me cut right to the chase because we don't have long. You're pregnant and you're my last chance to be a mom. I'm not going to let Lamont take that away from me again. And Antarica tells her, we can run away together. And she's like, girl, it is not that easy. Lamont knows things about me that he would tell the world. And if it ever got out, she could lose her medical license and go to jail. And she's like, you know, years ago, she just started spilling all her tea, honey. She's like, years ago, um, she never wanted an open marriage, but she wanted Lamont. And when she first met him, he didn't have the money he has now. He, while Savannah comes from old money, Lamont won the lottery, but he invested it well. Um, and, but her daddy didn't approve. He wanted her to marry old money, like their family, like their family was from old money. That's what her dad wanted her to marry. So Lamont was new, young money, probably thought he wasn't going to do well with it. Probably ain't going to have it forever. And, but they got married anyway. And Lamont started cheating. And she's, <laughs> this is so funny. Because she said he could have cheated with any woman in the world. And it's like, could he, girl? Could he? That's the one thing, like, if you ever read about rich people, like, rich old money and how those families get married with each other, to protect the money and protect the family name, they get away with anything. They let them cheat and just do whatever. As long as they get to keep spending money. I'm like, fam, never. But anyway, um, not only did he cheat with her, he got her pregnant. And uh, her arch nemesis knew of her inability to have kids. So she feels like she got pregnant on purpose. And so to taunt her, the arch nemesis wanted her to be her OBGYN. And of course she was upset, but she couldn't divorce Lamont even if she wanted to. Um, because she didn't want to prove her dad right, which is so stupid. Because it's like, girl, you gonna hurt yourself in order just to not have your dad say I told you something like nigga you can say I told you so or you wanted to um so where was it so he comes into their house and tells her that he wants her to attend the baby shower of this woman that he cheated on When I tell you, I would fucking never. Lamont would be dead. Like, we wouldn't have gotten this far. And it would be no story because Lamont would be dead by now. I would be a widow or I'd be in jail because they know I did it. But it's like, girl, you got old money. You can make that nigga disappear. No problem. Because, first of all, for you to cheat on a bitch that I. To cheat on me with a bitch that I hate, 
and get her pregnant when you know I can't have kids. And then for her to try to come up in my practice, wanting me to be her doctor, the way she, <laughs> the baby wouldn't make it. And I don't care. You can feel how you want to feel about it. Her and the baby wouldn't make it. So anyway, um, she says when Stacy came in for her eight month checkup, she was having symptoms of pre, oh Lord, don't give me the line, child. I cannot pronounce these words, these medical terms. What is this pre, pre, pre-eclasmia? I don't know what that is, child. Anyway, um, her and her medical assistant were in the room when she became short of breath and she covered her mouth and nose to kill her. She basically killed her. But immediately she felt horrible and started trying to revive her, but she wouldn't come back. So she rushes her into the operating room so they could remove the baby before he died, but he didn't make it. The cord was wrapped around his neck. And it's like, so what? You told Lamont? And she says, no. He figured it out on his own. And it's like, girl, but he didn't know for sure. What? And she says, no, he put two and two together. um, And I'm not a good liar. And so ever since then, it's been do what I say or I'll tell everyone what you did. And it's like, girl, but he don't have proof. He could say whatever he wants to. He don't. Girl, please. Please. Like, I don't get it. It's like he don't have direct proof, but you got proof of the things that he's done, but you... J- anyway. So, uh, they go to see her uncle, Chief Winters, but when she gets there, Lamont is already in there. Like, she she creeps up and she hears him. And Lamont is asking the chief, you know, where's your daughter? And he says, you know, I don't know. You're tracking my phone. You would know if she called me or not. And he wants to know if his uh, if his niece and Terrica is still alive. And Lamont tells her for now. But if I feel like you're lying, she'll be next to go. And it'll be much more brutal than your wife. And he's like, you know, well, my brother wants to FaceTime his daughter. I don't know how much longer I'll be able to keep him from jumping on a flight to come out here. And he's like, uh, okay, if your brother come, he could die too. You know, like, basically, at this point, whoever I feel like killing, I can do it and I'll get away with it. It'll be no problem. And so she, like, backs away and tries to get away without being seen. But she goes to the bathroom and has to throw up. And when she comes out, Lamont is standing right there. And he's just like, girl, what the, anyway. He's like, you know, what are you doing here? And she says that she's coming to see her uncle because she hasn't seen him since the funeral. And she was going to ask him, you know, how her cousin is doing. How your doctor's appointment go? And it's kind of like he already knows that she's lying and that she's keeping something from him, but he's letting her make it right now. And so, this part right here did something for me not in a good way either like I was almost scared for my girl so he takes out a condom and rolls it onto the barrel of the gun and they're gonna play Russian roulette and he tells her in this gun is one bullet 
you have one chance to tell me the truth or I am going to blow your head off through your pussy. I'm going to ask you a question. Wait, what? I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have anything that you need to tell me? Right. So like I said, I feel like, well, I feel like, should I read the book already? But at this point, it's like, you know, it's like, he know, girl, he knows everything. He has eyes and ears everywhere. There's nothing that you can keep from him, like fam. And so, where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Where we at? And so, she meets up with Ken and, and, you know, this is the first time he's seen her in a while. So, he sees her face. Because of mine. Like, when she was acting a fool, like, not taking a shower and cussing out Savannah, telling her she ain't no better than Lamont. Lamont came over and punched her in the eye and made her take a shower and all that stuff, too. But Cannon, Cannon is undercover, child. And don't nobody know what them to. Um, but she tells him that Savannah may be on their side. He's like, please tell me you did not tell her about me. And she's like, no. Of course not, but I'm just saying I might be able to persuade her to come over to our side. And um, so she's in her room praying because she's just ready to get out of the situation. And her door is being broken into. Lamont comes into the room and like this morning, I asked you if you had anything to tell me and you said no. And... She's basically looking around because it's like, what the hell are you talking about? And Savannah is pleading for her life. She's like, please, I want this baby. And it's like, girl, who told you to tell him that she was pregnant? And she's still pleading like, please, this is my last chance to have a baby. I really want a baby. Don't do this to me. You've done this to me time and time again. And he's like, girl, please shut up. Please shut the fuck up. And so he says, okay. He says, in order for you to keep this baby, you have to be me and my wife's girlfriend until the baby is old enough for daycare because I will not be taking care of a baby that I don't want. So you'll be nannying the baby. After the baby turns three, you'll turn over your rights to my wife. After that, I'll take care of you then. So basically saying like, bitch, you got three years to live and then I'm killing you. And that's the thing. Even if Savannah could have kids, I don't think they ever would have had kids together because even with the thing with Stacy and whatever and the other girls that they've done this to, Lamont don't want kids. He just messed up with Stacy and basically did that shit to get back at Savannah because I feel like once he cheated that first time and she didn't go nowhere, he just kept on cheating and she didn't do anything about it. He probably began to resent her then. It's like, basically, I can do whatever to this bitch. She ain't going nowhere. And so, yeah, I'm going to flaunt this woman in front of her face and I'm going to get her pregnant. And, you know, just whatever, because I can do whatever because you're not going to go nowhere in order to protect your family, protect your name and to protect this money. Like, whatever, because she probably didn't sign no prenup. So he probably could have took her for some money if they did get it. It's so weird. So anyway, this is what they all agreed to, that uh, she get to keep the baby and be their girlfriend for the next three years. So, it's a party going on, but it's, like, raining like crazy. It's just real, real bad. So, uh, she's looking off on the sideline, and Cannon walks up to her and says, you know, are you okay? 
And she tells him, no, I'm pregnant. And Candace's like, what? From who? Like, which baby is this? And she honestly doesn't know. It could be from Javon or Lamont. She really doesn't know. So I'm just like, okay, he was. Javon was there. Like, what, he probably been dead like a week or two. So you could have been pregnant from him. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, it should have been Lamont's baby. But, uh, like, it, it should be Lamont's baby. But she says, you know, I really don't know. But she's hoping and praying that it's Javon's because that would be the last thing to, like, tie her to him. And, you know, if it's Lamont's baby, she don't want nothing tying her to him. So it's just like, I, if it is his, I'm giving this baby up for adoption because ain't no way in hell I'm keeping this baby. And so, Kenna's like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, there's a bag in the linen closet right next to his office with a cell phone in there. My number is already programmed in there. I managed to get a spare key to his office and one of those three keys that's in the bag goes to that desk. The party will be over in an hour and a half. I'm going to sneak away and be waiting on you on the other side of the gate. There's a ladder over there, so you'll be good. So, you know, it's a loud crack of thunder because like I said, it's already been raining. Child, this is a lot to get through, honey. But this book is so good, though. And I left out like a lot. Anyway, let's get there. Because it's like, I want y'all to read this for yourself, too. Um, so, where we at? 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 So, she's like trying to convince this Lamar to sneak away to um his office. Oh, no, 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 no. Because he tells her, you know, uh, meet me upstairs in the bedroom in about 30 minutes so she's like sure no problem you got it and this is when uh she walks out of the living room like away from the party and goes into the office and is trying to get all this evidence against him but it's taking too long and because it's like the storm is so loud and she's so focused on what she's doing she doesn't hear Lamont come into the room and so he tells her, because he pulls a gun um, from the back of his pants and says, you know, the beauty of being rich, Miss Winters, the beauty of being rich is that you get to have all type of, types of alarms on shit, no matter how small or how big. The minute you stuck that key into my door, a silent alarm went off. And it's just like, of course it did, girl. Why did nobody think about this? And so, he's walking towards her, and um, she's backing away towards the glass doors that lead out into the backyard, yard, um, and she's trying to plead for her life, and he's like, I gave you a new deal, and you still didn't like it. Like, how the fuck you so ungrateful? And he starts shooting. So they running through the woods in the back of the house and he just shooting. But of course, the people in the house can't hear because it's raining and it's thundering while they're making all this damn noise outside. So she's hiding. And I don't know who this nigga think he is. There's nowhere to run. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know who listens to this. But have y'all ever seen Vampire in Brooklyn when uh, Angela Bassett like runs off and Eddie Murphy's like, there's nowhere you can hide. 
<laughs> then this nigga start, you know, like how they sing the people's name. And Terrica. So anyway, like, he's like, I know you're out here. I just want to talk. Please come out. Like, nigga, you've been shooting at me like three, four times. Ain't no way I'm coming out. You don't want to just talk. I'm not stupid. And um, so she steps out from a tree thinking like he's going looking in another direction, but he's actually like right behind her and tells her, you know, I could smell your conditioner from a, a mile away. Um, so he's standing over her and says, you know, all you had to do was mind your damn business. I knew from day one, you were going to be trouble. Something should have told me to decline your application. So why didn't you? How you knew she was going to, cause her name was Anterica. You stereotyping my girl, bitch. Um, so she, she been having a pen this whole time. She takes it out. And stabs it into his hand. Um, and, you know, of course he's in pain. So he's screaming. And she takes off running, y'all. She's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So this nigga starts shooting all over again. And he tells her, I'm going to kill you when I catch you. And so, once again, he's standing right over her. And she's trying to beg for her life. Please don't do this. I'm pregnant with your baby. Isn't this what you wanted? And he's like, no, it's what she wanted. That wasn't what you were here for. And she's trying to bluff her way through it. Like, you won't get away with this. I called the cops. And he's like, I am the cops. The police are in my pocket. All you had to do was mind your damn business, Terrica. And she's just like, please, please. And then you hear another gunshot. But it's not him shooting her. It's Savannah shooting him. Because she really wanted that baby. But it's like, little do you know, you're not going to get that baby, sis. Um... And here comes FBI, because Cameron, I don't know if I say he was the police or not, but he's actually a FBI agent. Um, and he's like, you know, freeze. He uh, arrests Savannah and Lamont and um, tells, <laughs> it's so funny though. This is Lamont Dupree, you are under arrest for the attempted murder of Enterica Winters and the murder of Javon uh, price the rest of your charges will be read to you once i get into your files so it's like bitch we ain't done with you <laughs> um and this nigga trying to talk shit lamont is and cannon told him save your breath uh you know you gonna need it because he was shot and i'm like it's like nigga because she says cannon what took you so long to get the fuck over here? And he said, I have faith. You have faith in me. This nigga was shooting all through the woods like pow, 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 pow. I could have easily been out of here and you just took your good old time talking about you had faith. You a bitch. Like, anyway, so it's two years later and Antarica is sitting in an auditorium full of students discuss. Oh, Lord, get your words together, Erica discussing her New York Times bestseller book that has been adapted into a movie um, which is about her experience with the Duprees called Living with a Killer. So of course she changed uh, names around so there were no lawsuits that could be filed and so she's having a discussion with these students who are just asking questions about the whole ordeal. I hate when people ask stupid questions, though, because it's like, if you already know that this is based on a true story, the very first question, oh, my God, so this book was based on a true story for real? 
out of my next question, please, because don't ask me no stupid ass questions. Um, so the next question was, whatever happened to the cousin? Did you find out where she was hiding? So her and Kira are in a really good place right now. They've been in intensive therapy and she's the godmother to her child, which is so fucking crazy. Um, so another person asked the question of, so what happened at the trial and how did you feel when your aunt walked into the courtroom to testify? So when Cannon quote unquote shot um, her aunt, it was just to make it appear real to Lamont, but she had really been in uh, witness protection that whole time. Um, so where, where do we go? So, um, okay, here we go. So she's describing how she was crying in the courtroom, uh, describing what Lamont had done to her. And it's like when her aunts strolled into the courtroom, that's when she burst into tears. So it's like, you know, she was having a hard time describing what happened to her. And then her aunt came into the courtroom and, um, according to, Candace's testimony, Lamont had instructed him to shoot her aunt, but he gave her a deep graze across her forehead. The shot was never supposed to kill her. So after Cannon dropped Lamont off, he doubles back to the uncle's house and got the aunt to the hospital. And so after the aunt was treated, he immediately put her into witness protection program along with Kira. And so that's probably why Kira wasn't answering her calls. Like, none of them like, I'm not talking to you bitches. And so the uncle didn't even know, which was good. Because I'm like, bitch, we're not telling you shit. You really was, like, you thought your wife was dead and you ain't do shit about it. You ain't try to get revenge. Nothing. You just kept going on with your life. Basically worried about yourself. Not even worried about uh, what could possibly happen. And so... The FBI, like, everybody involved in Lamont's little ring and what was going on, they cut a deal for lesser sentences to testify against Lamont, and that included Savannah. So, um, Lamont brings up her killing Stacy, and that would be a whole separate trial for her, but it's like, he don't have no evidence. He's basically just talking, like, there's no evidence of that. He can't prove that, no, none of that. Um, and so he had flash drives of information. And on those flash drives uh, were things ranging from child pornography to him participating in sex trafficking. And child. so Savannah, for her cooperation, received five years. Um, but she, oh, she still has to go to trial for killing Stacy. But I still don't understand, like, that should be able to be swept like nothing should come of that because they really have no information for that and so for his cooperation with the FBI Chad received two years um his story was sad as well Lamont literally blackmailed him into working for him no 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 no. there is no 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 I just don't believe it I do not believe it I'm sorry um the uncle also has several charges, including racketeering, but he cooperated with the FBI as well and received a total of 10 years. The aunt divorced him 
as she should have. Um, Because it's like, nigga, you really was going to let him kill me and just go on about your life. You could be fake sad all you wanted to, but you was really going to go on about your life and knew that this nigga had killed me and didn't do nothing about it. And so the question, the most important question, so who is the father of the baby? And her mom is sitting in the front row holding her son, Javion Price Winters, and he is the spitting image of his father, Javon. Um, Javon's family wasn't really in his life because the family, of course, blamed her for his death, which, I mean, girl, you are the reason. <laughs> like, let's just be honest about it. Like, Lamont ain't shit, but you are the official reason why that man is dead. Um, the guy who was murdered is his father. So that's all she tells the people in the class. And then she's, so three more questions. And it says, did you ever find your cousin's friend? Oh, and Kira is also there. And she says, not every story has a happy ending. Her body was found inside a resort room in Mexico. That's all we know. And her cause of death has yet to be determined. Her child has yet to be found. But we are hopeful. What would you change, if anything, about this situation? I've learned and grown so much since this situation. I also wondered, what would I change about this situation? I mean, would I... Would I have my son had I not come here? Would my child's father still be alive had I not come here? Would I not be a millionaire had I not come here? There are so many would I or what if questions I could ask myself. Excuse me. All I can say is every situation teaches you something, whether it's good or bad. In this world, it's either wins or lessons. I can say that I totally learned my lesson. I think that's how I'll answer that. Last question. And somebody asks if she's dating and she says, oh, God, no, I do not have time. I'm on the road a lot. I have my son with me. I don't have time for that. Maybe one day. Thank you all. So after that's over, when she steps outside, somebody calls her name and it's uh, Cannon, but his real name is Kellen Moore. And he tells her, I'm a big fan of your work. And he has a book and he asks her to sign it for him and He says, you know, if it's okay, I would like to take you off for coffee sometimes. And she's getting ready to tell him no, but her son, like, stretches out his arms for him. And it's like, ooh, ooh, little something there, little something there. And so because her son is, like, receptive to him, she changes her answer and says, you know what, I'd like that. And that is the end of this great book. And uh, Bianca, if you listen or if you ever listen to this, I cannot wait for this to turn into a movie, honey. Um, but I've taken up enough of you guys' time if you even made it this far. And I hope to see you back next week. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.